KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Hey, we're out a tad early today at 5:50. We're gonna set over to pregame coverage, KU Missouri and baseball with first pitch at six o'clock. But it's gonna be a fun show today. We have four episodes of Rock Chalk Sports Talk trivia on today's edition of the show. One of them is uh, an awesome, awesome. Ma- I mean, they're all good matchups, but one yeah. of them is really, really awesome yep. uh, for a matchup that you'll have to listen to later. We got two good guests joining us on your Tuesday: Matt Tate, Lawrence Journal World. We'll be on with us at 340. Not, not Lawrence Journal Oh, shoot. Gosh, see, I did it. I knew that was going to be a Freudian slip. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry. Uh, Matt Tate, the managing <laughs> editor at Perpetual Sports Network and Mastery at NIL. Formerly. I knew that was just going to slip out. I knew that was going to slip Formerly out. Formerly of the Lawrence Journal Yes, and you know what? That, that won't be the last time that happens, so apologies there. Uh, Kevin Flaherty will be joining the show of 24-7 Sports. He'll be uh, coming on to 440 here. And we'll be breaking down KU a little off season. Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll have some Hunter Dickinson news to talk about with with any of the yeah. Guests. This is getting so annoying, man. Okay, so you're getting you're getting mad at this. You got really I'm, mad at the Odell Beckham saga. Saga. Yes, but that lasted okay. for like a year and a half. Listen, to be fair, here's the deal. You can go parade around and have your fun, go on some visits, whatever, have a good time, knock yourself out. Okay, but at some point. At some point, you cross a line with me, and that line is now you're just being a jerk off, and you're just not you're just being an idiot, and you won't say what you're doing. Okay, there's a line. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for going around, getting some attention on yourself. You know, you deserve it if you're Hunter Dickinson or whatever. But there is a line. There is a line that you can cross with me, to where I'm like, you know what? This is stupid. I'm done. I don't care anymore. Just say what you're doing and be done. I don't care. And with Hunter Dickinson, I am starting to approach that line. I'm not saying he's crossed the line yet, but he's getting close. He's getting close. Okay. I can only I can only play this song and dance for so long before I'm like, dude, what are we doing? I don't care anymore. Okay? I'm not going to go listen to your stupid podcast. I'm not going to go whatever the hell else you want me to do. I just don't care anymore. Okay? And we're getting close to that. I'm not saying I'm there yet. I'm not saying I'm there yet. Sounds like you kind of are. No, I'm not. I'm not. But I'm just saying, you can get there. You can get to that line. OBJ notoriously got there <laughs> and crossed that line. But as you said, the OBJ thing took like literally over a year. Yeah, it was happening okay. during the season. Then and the he was season. like yeah. tweeting, oh, whatever team, I emojis, Buffalo Bill. Oh, I, no, no. And it got, to, it got to the point with OBJ where I was like, I actively did not want him on the Chiefs. Like, this dude's so annoying. This dude is making me so mad. I don't want you on the Chiefs anymore. Okay? What would it take for Hunter Dickinson to get to that point where you'd be like... <laughs> it would have to be like an all summer long type thing. Like, it'd have to be like June, like, July. Like, what's the latest, I guess, that he could wait to... I don't commit, know. I guess. August, hypothetically. Exactly. It would have to be something like that. It'd have to be something like where, like, literally every week he's like, well, I have an announcement on my podcast. Week. I have an announcement on my podcast. And then nothing happens until, like, August. That, I would get there, yes. Okay. I definitely would get there. Okay. Uh, that is good to know. I, I just have some patience. You don't know. I, I will say what's Listen, annoying. I have been <laughs> the definition of patient. Don't come at me with have the past. Oh, have some patience. Oh, hey, Nick, have some patience. I have been having the patience. Have I not? Man yells into microphone. I am patient. <laughs> I am patient. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I I do think it it got people their ears up. Right there, there were some some I don't know mumblings, rumblings, whatever you want to call them. Yesterday, that uh, today was going to be the day for Hunter Dickinson that he was yes. going to decide. That, that's fine. I, that's, I, not I, incon- that's not his. That's not in no. But control. I, I do think that. Well, I agree with that. I do think that though gets people on high alert. Like if that would have ever came out. Nobody today would be on pins and needles about like, man, just decide already. Yes. Because they would right. just be like, oh, we're, we're just waiting on it. Like, it's just yes. a patient process. It'll just be another day. But when you when you hear a deadline and then when it maybe gets pushed or something. So uh, basically, if you missed it, what happened was there were some of those rumors yesterday from different people. I think Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio, a couple other people like kind of talked about that. And then today... He is on like this uh, one college basketball podcast with a couple people, and um, one of the other hosts of the podcast said that they were going to be recording a podcast later today, right? And so the natural inclination was like, okay, he's going to announce on the podcast, right? Yes. And now that's turned into this whole thing where they're like, big announcement today, but we don't know what that announcement is. Right. People assume that it's a commitment, but it very easily could be something stupid. Correct. Which is what I suspect. Yes. This feels like to me, this is a, a ploy to basically get a bunch of people listening to the podcast expecting yeah. that. And I, I think they just posted just now. They said the newest episode will be released at 430. And they said, okay, but if this podcast gets up to two, this, yeah, this is such a ploy. If the podcast on YouTube gets up to two thousand subscribers, they're they're gonna drop it early. This is this is just a ploy to get people tuning in, right? Yes, I would say so. So that being said, are you going to go subscribe? No, I'm not going to subscribe. <laughs> I probably will tune in because I just want to see what happens. But also, like, I kind of don't want to like. But see, then you're just part of the I, sheep I'm giving at that in, point, right? Yes. You're giving so should in. I just wait? Somebody else will have it. Somebody else. Somebody. Can we, just, can we nominate yes. one KU person? One person. One K- KU person. Go watch it. To, yeah. And then and tell, then everybody, tell else everybody else what happened. What if they lie to everyone, you know, and they just mess around? That would not be cool. That'd be even worse. So I, I guess it is possible. It is possible he decides. It's, it's possible. So that yes. would mean it's around, I guess, 4, 430, somewhere in that range today. Yes. Um, that also means that there is a chance. I, I think you talked to me about this before the show, and I feel like this is what's going to happen. It's going to be a podcast just about what's going it's on. An announcement. And it's just going to, yeah. Of the announcement. Correct. So it's going to be, I'm announcing that I will announce my decision, whatever, this Friday at six o'clock or, Which, you know, whatever. How dumb right. is that? That's uh, to dumb. announce an announcement? Yes. I guess in a lot of ways in life, we actually do have more announcement of announcements than you would think. You think so? Like, well, think about it. Well, I guess. In order to have an announcement, you have to announce Correct. that you're going to have one, right? Like, um, in any circumstance. When you get a wedding invitation, that's an announcement for an announcement, right? No, it'd be like if you get a, it'd be like if you get a, uh, what's the term? Uh, for the wedding, like, you know, you get the thing like that the RSVP says, yeah, you get the thing that says, hey, RSVP by this date. Is that, does that count as an announcement of an announcement? No, I think that's just scheduling. I think the save the date. Is the announcement? Okay, yes. announcement. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, that's okay. the phrase I was looking because for. Because the save the you date, get the save the date, and then usually you get another thing. You get the RSVP, RSVP afterwards. Yes. yes. Okay. So yes. The, 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 like, I, save I was, the date. Save the date was yeah. the term I was looking for. Yeah. That so that's like an for. announcement of an announcement. Um, I don't know. There's probably lots of other examples of this, right? Like when you well when think you, about it. Anytime anybody ever puts out uh, like a uh, a press release for like a press conference, they or tell you what time it's going to be. That's an announcement of an announcement. Sure. So that anytime you do anything, like every time Ku sends us. Hey, we're gonna have a media veil mm-hmm. at this time. That's an announcement of an announcement. Yeah. 
basically. Yeah, because you have to have people there. You have to know when to go to the announcement. Exactly. So you have to have the announcement first. It's just an announcement with nobody there, which if which, is that even an announcement? Ex- ex- I, you're not announcing I, to anyone. I, I'm hard-pressed to disagree with that. <laughs> I'm hard-pressed to disagree. We it's the it old out. theory of like if a tree falls in the forest <laughs> and nobody hears it, did the tree fall? So you, you, you're you with me. You don't think the announcement's going to come today, though? I, I am not expecting it, no. Now, um, if we want to get our, I don't know, tinfoil hats on, there's a screenshot of him with, you know, it's like a three shot with the two other hosts, and he is wearing a DeMatha t-shirt, which DeMatha is the local high school that he went to in the Maryland area. Yes. He was also teammates with Justin Moore there, who Justin Moore's now at Villanova, one of the yes. other schools in on him. He came back to Villanova. He was going to transfer, yes. I think, and then he came back. Any chance that that is him tipping cards that it's Villanova or Maryland? Mm, no. I think what we have to go off of. I think, if anything, that is a smokescreen. Okay. That That's going to make you think that it's Villanova or Maryland, but maybe it's not one of those. Well, it also could just be like, hey, you know what? I already know I'm going to go to Kentucky or, or Kansas, and I the want most, the NIL money raised as much as possible. Let's put one last or, ditch effort in for them to think I'm going elsewhere so that they have to raise the price. The most plausible option is that he rolled out of bed this morning, <laughs> went to his closet, <laughs> yeah. and the only clean shirt he had was an old whatever shirt. Yeah. I, no, I mean, I, seriously, do you, have you ever done that? Have you ever in your life ever like planned to wear something to like tip off something else? No, have you ever been but, in a situation like that? Because, dude, for, for me, dude, I roll out of bed, I go to my dresser, or I go to my closet, and I just grab whatever is the first thing Yeah, but clean. I've never had a reason to, like, tip something off to someone. Like, nobody has ever been interested even enough then, in my life like, to be like, still, oh, what's he going to have then, for lunch like, today? Oh, he's just, got a soup t-shirt on. Just set that aside. Like, do you ever even think that dif- think much that through what you're going to wear? No, I do not. But when you're going on a podcast here, I, Hunter Dickinson is a very smart guy. I think Hunter Dickinson is smart, and I think Hunter Dickinson, like, okay, think about this. He has been known by other schools in the Big Ten that are not with Michigan for being a villain at the other schools because he yeah. knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He's smart about it. Sure. He'll trash talk. He'll, he'll do whatever. He knows what he's doing. Fine. I have a hard time believing he doesn't know what he's doing here. Hmm. I think it was intentional in one way or another. Whether you want to take it as it's a hint or if you want to take it as my way of saying this is him basically trying to freak out the fan bases where he maybe is going and maybe trying to get a little more NIL money because they're like, oh, well, no, maybe he's going somewhere else. we got to make a last I can push. assure you there has been a lot of freaking out. There's been no oh, yes. shortage. There's been no 100%. shortage of freaking out. So if that's his goal, he's succeeded very well in terms of <laughs> freak out ratio. Yeah, the, I think The number so. of people freaking out versus the number of people being normal. And at the end of the day, he has played everything so close to his chest yes. that I don't think anybody like you could go on different message boards for every different school and you'll probably find people at every different school that says he's going to go there. Yep. And you'll probably find people at every different school's message board that says, no, he's going to this other school, which really, if you think about it, nobody knows in this in today's media age in the year 2023 to be able to keep a decision like this under wraps for this long. That's that's. Pretty impressive, right? Without without giving any sort of tip or indication, really, to anybody that's gotten out, right? Like that's that's pretty impressive, I think. Right? Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, it'd be so easy to have something leak, whether it was in a visit and talking to somebody, or yeah. um, just having something leak out or give some information to yeah. you know somebody on the beat or something. You're 100 percent right. Um, and he's kind of controlled the narrative here in, in that regard. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody knows. So I, I think if anybody's telling you right now, oh, it's leaning this way or it's leaning that way, they, I'll, I'll be, they probably don't know. I don't think they know. I don't think anybody knows certainly uh, certainty. Who knows? Maybe Hunter Dickinson probably knows, but maybe he doesn't. What if he still hasn't decided yet? It's you know, possible. Like, it's possible he doesn't know. It's very possible. Um, I, I think that this recruiting reminds me the most of the Andrew Wiggins one. The Andrew Wiggins one. It would be like it was. It was. Uh, I'm trying to remember the the schools that were. I thought there was a fourth school, it, but it was Kansas, Kentucky, and Florida State. I, I I couldn't remember if there was a fourth school that was in there. Um, but nonetheless, I remember like going into that decision. The idea was like, oh, okay, for a while, like people were saying, oh, it's it's Kentucky. Of course, it's Kentucky. Like they get all the recruits and and all this stuff. And, uh, oh, North Carolina, I guess, was the other one. I don't remember hearing a ton about North Carolina, but maybe I'm not remembering right. It was Kentucky. And then there were a lot of people that the other side, they were like, oh, no, it's Florida State. His parents went to Florida State. Like, they were athletes there. Like, he's got a good relationship with the coaches, all this stuff. And it didn't feel like Kansas was excluded, but it it felt like they were the nobody third. really knew and that they Kansas the yeah, might have been the third that you were hearing the most about. Maybe not locally. Maybe locally you were hearing more, but that – um it just, it it didn't seem like something that was like super probable, and it felt like a, just a, a complete random. Like you didn't know which school was going to win, even though there were certain rumblings one way or another. That's what this feels like. It feels like yeah, you can hear certain rumblings one way or another, or maybe that these two or three schools are like the favorites, but like nobody knows. This is going to be a true. This is going to. I said this yeah. a few weeks ago. I said a few weeks ago. I'm I'm kind of sick and tired of, of not having to guess anymore with recruits in that no, it is true. nowadays we get the crystal ball picks and that, that tends to be like right of we, we find out two weeks before they commit where they're going to actually go. Yeah. Rarely nowadays do you get one of these situations where you don't actually know going into it. And I think I think that's for the best. I think that's exciting. I think it makes the offseason better. I think it makes these decisions more fun to talk about because it – it is the that that's the beauty of, of sports. That's the beauty of live sports a lot of times. They're dramas that you don't know how it's gonna end. Right? Yeah. You might watch a movie and you might love movies, but a lot of times with movies you like, might the good get guy the hunch, wins. Yeah, exactly, of where it's gonna go, how it's gonna finish off. You don't always know that in sports. And that's the beauty when when you keep things locked up here. You don't know how this is gonna end. And I think that that adds the excitement for me. Okay, but again, to me, this this is just me. This is just a personal thing for me. There is a line. I think that's fair. There's a line to where it's like, okay, dude, what are we doing? <laughs> like, seriously, like, what, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> it's like, it's like a, it's like if you like to use the movie analogy further. It's like if the movie was like three and a half hours, but when you're done with it, you're like, dude, that could have easily been like a two-hour movie, mm-hmm. where there's just a bunch of crap. Okay, <laughs> and I'm not saying we've got to that point, but yeah, to me, there's a line. And uh, listen, people can disagree with me. That's just me. That's just me. But, yeah, the, o- the OBJ stuff, mm. that really irked me, really. And even even Hopkins now. Even Hopkins is being a tool <laughs> now, too. <laughs> like, but, see, I think I think what goes into those guys, too, is that they're, they're – But they're – They'll, like, have – Like, the Hopkins comment we talked about yesterday on Lie Detector Test. Yeah. He was like, well, who said I'm, I'm leaving? Leave? Who said I want to leave? So it would basically be the equivalent of Hunter if Hunter Dickinson came out on this podcast <laughs> today and was like, who said I want to transfer? Yes. And then he's like, I'm going back to Michigan, right? Yes. Yes, that would make you very mad. Um, yes, would that make you more? Because ra- then it was just a whole clown show right. circus for nothing. I think that yeah, okay. If if you were to power rank the schools he ends up going to, 
Let's say it can't be Kansas. Like, just throw them out for a second here. Okay, no Kansas. That would make you the most frustrated, most angry. Oh, Michigan's one. Michigan would have to be one because it would yes. feel like we did all this for nothing. Correct. Right? Yes. Um, number two. Yes, we just ran around in circles chasing our tails for number, Yeah, three, number for two is either Kentucky, months. just because it's Kentucky, or it's Maryland, just because they, like, hate KU for some reason, and they're just kind of, like, vile fans. Well, remember, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Maryland was pretty heavy on Devon Dotson. Yes, they, they didn't get him. And then there was the Silvio thing. They were heavy yep. on him as well. Yep. So that's probably why they're mad. They're just mad because they yeah. lose all the time. But they're also notoriously like a fan base that gets mad at everyone. Well, that's like They're like they, the Texas Tech of the, well, I guess, now Big Ten. That's because they suck. Like, <laughs> what, when's the last time Maryland's done anything? In anything? this year, they had Hunter Dickinson. They got a good team at that point. <laughs> I think we, we were looking at the Bartorvik projections. They go up to number eight if they add him from like 26, which is... Oh, uh, Wow. I'm going to be really scared like of Maryland. Contender-ish at that point. I'm going to be really nervous. No, I am picking Maryland to lose in the first round no matter what. The- <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, they're going to get like a one seed and you're going to pick against them. And then it's, it's going to happen. It's going to be great. 16 seed keeps um, winning. That's great. I, I I think the most harmless would be if you went to like Georgetown, but I don't think at any point like anybody's expecting Georgetown. Yeah, Georgetown. George, okay, so if they goes to Maryland, it'll just be like you'll be a mad or annoyed. Mm-hmm. If he goes to Georgetown, it'll just be more of like the shock factor. Yeah. It'll just be like, what? Why? But I do think if he does go to Maryland, the, see, if, if he chooses Kentucky over Kansas, you feel like the money is going to be about equal there. You feel like uh, you're at a really big program either way that gets a lot of national media attention and everything. Yeah. The Maryland one, I, I don't know that you can be that frustrated. Like, I no, think you, you could can. be frustrated in terms of like if you just don't like Maryland or their yes. fans or whatever. But. If he picks Maryland, it's because of the hometown relationships yep. and being so close to home. You yeah. are never going to have a chance I, to compete I with that for KU, this, so I don't think you can be mad. Yeah, I think we had this conversation last week or something about how KU fans sometimes will put on the rose-colored glasses and be like, well, we got the rules of basketball. We got the best head coach in in, the, in America. We're, we're, you know, we're Kansas, blah, 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 16,000 fans. And they, they, they are unable to comprehend that like guys will make decisions outside <laughs> yeah. of just at that stuff. Right. Right. Which, like, you know, I get it, right? Listen, we're we're all we're Kansas guys here. Obviously, Kansas is this is the best program, but there's other factors, okay? There's other factors involved sometimes with this kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, we're gonna talk with Matt Tate less than twenty minutes from right now. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Here for RCST, and we're joined now by Matt Tate of Perpetual Sports Network and Mass Street NIL, uh, waiting on the Hunter Dickinson decision, which, uh, who knows, could come today, could come tomorrow, could come in three months, who knows. Um, There obviously have been other players that have picked KU or not picked KU who have, you know, were five-star recruits or maybe had more NBA prospect to him, or I don't know, maybe had even more fanfare, like the whirlwind of the Andrew Wiggins recruitment. But in terms of adding a player who you have a known commodity that is an all-American level player, immediately when he comes in, you don't have to make the projection. How does this guy move up from high school knowing what he is already? Does that make this Hunter Dickinson decision and the recruitment the biggest that Bill Self has ever had in his time at KU? Yeah, maybe so. I mean, if you, if, especially if you don't count his own guys that he had to, you know, kind of wait out the draft decision. Um, obviously, getting Ochai back and and even Jalen. I mean, I don't know that anybody outside of Jalen knew he was going to have quite the year he had this year. But um, you did know that Jalen coming back would be massively big for the for the team because 
he was a starter on a title team and he was a dude who'd been there plenty and, you know, had that moxie and leadership's qualities and, and you could see him taking another step type of thing. Right. So, um, but you know, if you don't count those two guys or, or other guys who, who made decisions to stay in the past, um, it probably, yeah, it's probably right up there. I'm, and it's funny too, because, you know, obviously it's been very quiet and everyone painfully knows that and people are on pens and needles waiting for, for this announcement. Um, and, and he's, he's a massive get whoever ends up getting Hunter Dickinson will be adding a, you know, first team all American potential type of guy to their, to their starting lineup. So you can't downplay that, but I do think it's pretty funny how like, the way this has gone and the timing of it all and just how quiet it's been. I mean, he's made himself a cult hero already, you know? I mean, like, the, the fan base that wins this one, so to speak, is, is, is going to welcome him, like, at the airport, you know, when he arrives. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be massive, like the Beatles coming to America type of stuff. And, you know, that's cool. I mean, maybe, maybe that's a little over the top, and, and maybe he's not quite worth that. But, you know, for each team that, that's in the running, he's, he's, a, he's a huge potential piece. And, and so fans are going to be fans, and that's what you love about college athletics. And so go do it. Yeah, I think that'd be, I think that'd be awesome if, if he's just this entire, you know, now he's got to handle it, right? He's got to, he's got to be okay. And, and we kind of have some recent experience with, uh, with sort of that, that mystique um, with, you know, going back to Andrew Wiggins, but even that man was a uh, hundred years ago. It feels like now, but Remy was, Remy was a rock star coming to town. And, and so there's been a little taste of what that looked like um, at Kansas recently. And, and it was pretty dang cool. So I think if they end up getting him and, and the fans go nuts and welcome him, like, like he's a, he's a hero, then, yeah, that just adds to the excitement of, of the uh, offseason and, and heading into next season. Uh, well, they, they do have one commit in tow right now, which is Artario Morris. How do you see him fitting in to the program and, and his potential role with the team? I think he has potential to start. Um, we'll see. You know, he's got to earn it. Obviously, he's got to show up and, and – and he's got to play Kansas basketball and, and play defense and, and do all those things that Bill Self needs guys to do. Um, but he's got the talent, he's got the athleticism, he's got the grit and toughness and, and speed and, and all of that stuff um, to, to be able to to be a guy you could plug right in next to DeWan and, and be another ball handler, but, but more than that, just be an athlete. I mean, if, if people don't remember watching him, I mean, I, you know, we watched him play three games against Kansas last year, and he didn't play a ton of minutes in any of those games, and he didn't play a ton of minutes against anybody, really. I mean, that, that's how good Texas was. But I, I remember every time he checked out, I was like, man, why doesn't that dude play more? And, um, you know, it's because they were so good, but especially in the backcourt. But, but he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a big-time get, and uh, I think, again, as long as he can – accept Bill Self basketball and Kansas basketball and buy into, you know, team above all and, and defending and making the other team play worse and all those buzzwords people have heard over the years. Um, you know, if he can do that, then he's got, he's got serious, serious potential. Um, and, you know, who knows with any of these guys right now, right? I mean, I had someone ask me on Twitter the other day, like, how long is he going to be here? And I, I, I think really at this point, like, you probably should just go ahead and assume that everybody's going to be around for one year. And then if they're here more, you should assume they're going to be around 
one more year, you know, because not only are guys looking to jump, obviously, to the NBA, but but the portal has changed everything. And so, you know, the Dewan Harris's and Christian Browns and Ochai Abajis and Jalen Wilson's are, they're not dead. And KU will have a few, and a lot of programs will have some of those guys. But, um, you know, the more notoriety that you have coming in, the more, the more you know, I guess buzz around your name that you have out of high school or when you're transferring or whatever. You know, in my opinion, the more likely that makes it that you may leave pretty quickly. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just something that people are going to have to get used to. Well, how do you, how do you think KU is going to explain the, the decision to bring on Morris to maybe fans who don't like the background, the, the past, uh, that, that kind of follows him from Texas? It's a great question, and it's and it's something that I'll, I'll you know be interested to hear the answer on. To be honest with you, I I, um, I don't really know. Um, I I do know this. I don't think they would take a guy, that, you know, that they thought was maybe going to miss the year because of discipline or disciplinary reasons. Um, so you know, you can imagine that they've more than done their homework, and certainly done more homework than than most fans have, if not all fans. Um, because of just how important that is to to know who you're bringing in, and and not just as a basketball player, but as a as a person and a representative of of the program that you know that Bill Self has gone out of his way to talk about year after year after year as you know we're just caretakers of this thing, and this thing is far bigger than any one person, and this thing being Kansas basketball, you know, and so um, when you've got a head coach that talks like that, a Hall of Fame head coach who's a freaking legend. Um, when you've got a guy that talks like that, you know, you, you have to think that, that um, he's done his, his work there, and, and he will answer for it. I'm sure he'll be asked, and, and I'm sure he'll, he'll you know, he's not going to go into great detail about any kind of incidents or situations or cases or anything like that, but I'm sure he'll have a, a pretty well-thought-out, reasonable answer for why they were okay, you know, pursuing him. And that doesn't mean that every fan is going to accept it or like it or not, but it, you know, it's not like they're going to just pretend it doesn't exist. I mean, he's going to have to, he's going to have to explain at least why they, they got involved with the guy and what they think about that. And, and I'm sure he'll do a fine job of it. And, you know, to be honest, I haven't, I haven't followed it closely enough right now to know exactly whether they should feel comfortable or not. But, um, you know, you, you know, they're expecting that answer or I'm sorry, expecting that question at least. Well, I don't. I don't know. Maybe this is a, just a better question for you know. Whenever we do get a chance to talk to to Bill Self and everything, but I, I don't know. You you've been around the program enough that, that maybe you would have a little knowledge on this. Is uh, when there is something like this happens where they do have to kind of put a little more investigative work in, uh, I guess, to the background and whatnot. Um, and and you talk about that you know they they know more than than the average fan does or whatnot because they they're getting to talk to the kid and ask the questions to to their party and everything. Is that typically something where they're talking to like all parties involved? Are they talking to the local police and, and both sides of things? Are they just hearing the story from one side? Do you know at all how that typically works? Great question. Um, I, I don't exactly because I think one every every situation is a little bit different, right? Um, but but beyond that, I think that they probably start with the kid and the family, 
and if he has an agent or whatever they've got these days, right? Like you probably start there. And if you're as a coaching staff or a head coach or, or whatever, if you're not satisfied with what you hear there, then yeah, you probably do make an effort at least to try to find out a little bit more. Um, you know, you're not doing a full on investigation yourself. Um, and the police or investigators or whomever are also limited in what they can tell you probably, right? I mean, it's not like he can just call up any attorney and say, well, give me the scoop. You know, no, that like there's, there's rules in place there too. So I, I imagine it's pretty difficult. Uh, and I imagine you have to, you have to do a fair amount of, of, uh, picking people, not just the kid, but, but his family and whomever else is in his camp. Um, you probably have to do a fair amount of taking them at their word a little bit for this. And, uh, and and feel good about it. And that's, you know, everybody's been burned by that. Everybody's, you know, had moments where they, oh, I thought that guy was a good guy, or, oh, I, I was wrong about him, or whatever it is, right? But I will say that, that the self-track record on those kinds of things, his his ability to read people and, and pretty quickly have a, a pretty good vibe about who this guy is or who this gal is or whatever, right? In, in all walks of life, not just as players he's pursuing, but, but you know, people he, he meets, people he uh, interviews with, people he encounters on the recruiting trail, et cetera, et cetera. I, I do think he's, he's got a pretty good, you know, I guess you could call it a BS meter, right? And so I, I think that if he's feeling anything like that, like, man, I don't know if these answers sound good, then you probably do dive a little deeper in. But, uh, but I, yeah, I don't know the process on that. I do know that it's incredibly important, though, and, you know, you want to talk about due diligence. You know, you, they, they, they know they're going to get asked about it. They know that if he comes to Kansas, and this is while they're recruiting him, but they know that, you know, while they're recruiting him, if he comes to Kansas, he's going to represent them. And, and if anything runs, runs off, uh, off track or, or, you know, is a, is a poor representation of KU, that's going to reflect clearly very, very much on, on Bill Self himself for bringing him on board. So I'm sure it's very thorough. I'm sure it's very important. And I, I'm sure it's, you know, something that they, they don't take lightly. Um, but as to the degree or the depth of, of exactly what it involves, I, yeah, I don't know. But I do think it's probably fair to say that each case is just a little different. And so there is probably not a, okay, let's get out the playbook. Okay, you know, here, here's step one. We do this. Step two, we do this. You know, there's there's some of that ingrained probably. But I, I do think that some of them are more involved. And, and look, there's probably like a fair amount of that that goes on with, with, with prospects or, or recruits or kids or whatever that aren't even in any kind of legal trouble, right? Like, I bet they did that with Remy Martin quite a bit, you know? And, and a, you know, you're bringing on a guy for one year. You're, you're not just going to go, well, hey, let's talk about your ability. You know, no, you want to make sure he fits the locker room. You want to make sure he fits the team. And so while culture and fit and things like that in a, in a basketball sense are drastically different than any legal issues, you know, in a sense, they are kind of the same thing because you're still diving into, to, you know, learning about this person before you even bring him on. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we've seen enough in, in sports about, you know, people being brought on to help the team win games, but that we, we know that's not going to be the comment that we hear um, because that's just not how this stuff works. Now, uh, one thing that I think is really cool that uh, was announced kind of in partnership with Mastery and NIL, um, I've, I've loved the basketball tournament for years now, and... 
You know, KU had the one team that went in. It didn't go super well for them. Uh, and this is their first time they're going to be bringing one back. You have the Morris Twins so far, Tyshawn Taylor so far, Keith Langford already all involved. It's it's an awesome roster is what it's shaping up to be. Uh, what do you think this is going to look like when it's all said and done? And, and what do you think this opportunity to have this, this KU-related TBT team uh, is going to provide? I, I think it's awesome they're doing it, and I think it's a great – uh, reason that they're doing it, you know. Number one, every every one of those guys cares a great deal about KU and and you know wants to represent as long as they can, and and so this gives them an opportunity to do it again as players. Um, but yeah, I think you know very few of these guys that are going to play this this go around were a part of that last one, but they all paid attention to that one, and and you know in a sense that group was representing all of them, and so the way that one went wasn't to anyone's liking, and uh, so I'm sure there's a little bit of a business business approach to this one, like, hey, we, we got to go save face a little bit, you know, um, and, I, I, and I think they will, man. I mean, I, I, think, I think Keith Langford is, is uh, yeah, that's you big know, time. Wh- whatever age he is, right? I mean, but it doesn't matter. The dude can ball, and he still has a little left. I, I saw his announcement, and he said this is his last go-around, so you know he's not just doing it for fun. He, he's gonna he's gonna give it all he's got one more time, and and that may be it for him in, in a competitive sense. So you you know what you're gonna get from him, and 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 from what I hear, you know the the roster as it could shape up uh, w- will be unbelievably competitive. I mean, you know you're you, you look at that last one, and and you had some guys who had been out for a while, and while they were great great Kansas players when they were here, and probably still better than your average person, right? Like by a long shot, um, when they tried to do the self-made team, um, you know, they, they weren't playing highly competitive basketball on a regular basis. And so if, if they're able to go reel in guys that, that are and have been, and, and, you know, maybe like uh, aren't in the NBA, obviously you're not pulling in Andrew Wiggins and, and, and Joel Embiid to play on this team. Um, but, you know, could you get Frank Mason? Could you get Wayne Selden? Could you get Ben McLemore? Could you get guys like that, that the, the guys that basically come back for the Brian Haney game, the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic every year, and still show at 60% that, that they can absolutely fill it up and play at a high level. So if you can get those guys – um, and I saw Tyson on, on Twitter last night was, was teasing or mentioning anyway, um, uh, Thomas Robinson, there's another one, right? Like if you could put together a team with those types of players, I think you can be competitive and, and we know they are competitive dudes. So I, I think it'll be, uh, it does, none of that means they're going to win it. None of that means anything, but it does mean, at least in my opinion, that, that I think they'll put together a team that has a much, much better chance to, uh, to make a real run, and I think it's great. I think the Morris Twins being head coaches um, is is an awesome part of it. I think it's I think it takes something like that to get other guys interested, and and you know obviously they were the creators of the whole family over everything thing, right? And and there we go. Like they will get to reach out to whoever they want and say, hey, it's family. Come back and represent for us, and and uh, and we'll give it a run, and we'll we'll be proud of what we put out there. So I, I think it's. Uh, I think it's an awesome tournament every year. I don't love it quite as much as you do because I don't think anybody loves it as much as you do. Uh, but I do like it, and I think it's awesome, and I think it gives us something fun in the in the summer. And, and it's got to be a blast for fans to, to, to see these former players get, get back out there. And, and they're all over the country, right? I mean, it's 
the Syracuse team, the K-State team, the Wichita State team, I mean, the, the Maryland team. I mean, they're, they're all over the country, guys and names that you're like, oh, my gosh, I remember him. And either he looks good and you're like, yep, I remember him, or he looks a little old and he looks more like you and me, Derek. But either way, <laughs> um, it's kind of a cool blast from the past moment for fans. And, uh, you know, I love that they do it at real arenas and they fill it up and they hype it up. And I, I think it's uh, – I think it should be cool. I think I think this one will be much much different than the last one for Kansas and from the Kansas perspective. Um, but yeah, we got to see the roster first. Um, but but I do think that it'll it'll be uh, it'll be names like that. Whether it's all those guys or any of those guys, I don't know. But but you know, you put Ben McAmore and Wayne Selden and 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 guys of that nature out on the floor, uh, we know they can still play, and and they're not that old either. So it should be. Uh, should be awesome to see what they can do with it. Yeah, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. Well, he is Matt Tate, managing editor at Perpetual Sports Network and with uh, Mass Street NIL. Matt, appreciate the time, man, and uh, talk to you next week. That sounds great, man. Thanks for having me, and uh, you're, you're, you're doing really well with that intro. You sound It sounds like I've been working there 100 years now, so I, I, I give you credit for that. I you needed to be correct. I, I messed earlier. it up earlier in the show. You needed I, to be I'm corrected. To oh, no, I <laughs> yeah. should have been listening. <laughs> All right, well. I didn't. I didn't hear it. So it's the whole it's forest falling in the or the tree falling in the forest thing, right? <laughs> yeah. If I didn't hear it, did it even happen? Exactly. So we'll see. We'll 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 let's 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 uh, let's get after it next week then. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I <laughs> appreciate go. it. Have All a right. good one. Thanks. Thanks. As Matt Tate, Perpetual Sports Network Mastery at NIL, joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. One hour down, two to go. We got RCST trivia coming at you. Kevin Flaherty will join us at four forty. This is RCST. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson as we get ready for our first of four RCST trivia matchups on today's edition of the show. We've got an 8-9 matchup between Matt Reuter and Jess Coffey. We've got a 4-13 between Quentin Mirabal and Mitch Loomis. We've got a 5-12 between Chris Yurchek and Christopher Bolke, and then a 7-10 between Steve Klein and Cole Calloway. Then we'll have three matchups coming for you on Wednesday, two more on Thursday and Friday each, and then we'll be through the first round into round two coming up next week here on KLWN. RCST Trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Home Field Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. And one of our title sponsors, Pella Windows and Doors. Next trivia question, what Windows and Doors provider has been serving Kansas since 1957? The answer, your locally owned Pella Windows and Doors of Kansas with six showrooms across the state, all the way from Lawrence to Dodge City. Got a Windows or Doors project? Pella Kansas is here, locally owned and proudly serving Jayhawks for over 65 years with Windows and Doors solutions for every home and for any budget. You can schedule your free consultation. You heard me right. Free consultation to Pella at Pella Kansas. That's PellaKS.com. So our first matchup here is an 8-9 matchup between Matt Reuter, who is the 8 seed. This is in the Johnny's Tavern region, which is our bottom right region. Matt has gone one and two in trivia matchups all time, nine and five on questions. He's taken on the nine seed, Jess Coffey, also known as Hawkman, 
who is one and three all time on matchups. Nine and three on questions, though. So every time he's missed a question, it's been his loss. He's had some tough matchups. We'll see who can uh, take this one in the eight nine matchup. The winner of this will be taking on our one seed who finished in the uh, third place victory last season. That would be one Justin Nichols, who looked really impressive in yesterday's match action, moving on to round number two. So let's find out who Justin is going to be facing. Will it be Matt? Will it be Jess? Into our matchup we go. So this is an 8-9 matchup. Matt Reuter, Jess Coffey. Uh, both of you guys have one trivia advancement so far. You're both looking for your first sizzling 16. Matt, we'll start with you. Uh, one and two in, in trivia advancements all time. Have you done anything differently, or, or what are your emotions headed into your third edition of RCST Trivia? Uh, honestly, like probably the least prepared I've been. Um, just uh, a lot of life getting in the way of things, so... Uh, it is what it is, but I'm excited to do it again. Yeah, and that's something we, we said yesterday when Tyler Feist, our defending champ, lost, that, um, you know, sometimes, uh, the, like, not every season is the same. This You would think, oh, it's trivia. It's the same knowledge every year, but sometimes you're less prepared than other years. Uh, Jess, you were telling me off air that you haven't studied, though, either. So uh, what's different about this time, maybe, or, or do you feel any differently about your, your fourth edition of trivia than any of the ones in the past? Uh, no, not really. Just going to see how it goes. Matt, what would you think about getting an eight seed? Uh, it's probably about right. <laughs> Jess, what would you think about getting a nine? Uh, I thought I should have been a little lower. Maybe a 10 or 12, 13 seed. Well, if you lose the today... Yeah, if you, if you lose today, then maybe you'll, you'll get that wish accomplished for yeah. future years. <laughs> yeah, as long as I don't get a 16 or a 15, I think. <laughs> <It'd> yeah. <be good. laughs> well, I'll tell you, the, the 15s and 16s, those have been the, the weird ones this year. We've had five of the eight of the 15s and 16s have advanced on, oddly enough. All right, so the winner of this is going to get the one seed, Justin Nichols. You're in the Johnny's Tavern region in the bottom right-hand corner. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into it. Jess, you are the lower seeds. You have the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'll go first. All right, first it is. That means, Matt, you are up second, and we head into the really easy questions. First up for you, Jess. What is the last name of this former Jayhawk, David M.? McCormick. McCormick is the correct answer. Probably should have won Final Four MOP, but did not. That's all right. All right, on to you, Matt, your first question. What's the name of this former Jayhawk, Mitch L.? Lightfoot. Lightfoot is correct. Both teammates occupying the center position for last year's KU team that won the national title. All right, off the really easy, we go to the easy round of questions. Back to you, Jess. What seed was Kansas in the 1997 NCAA tournament in which they made the Sweet 16 and were upset by Arizona? I still hate Bibby and Miles Simons to this day. They were a one seed, the overall number one seed. That's right. Yep, yep. You just needed one seed there, but I, you are correct. They were the number one overall seed as well, so you get bonus points for uh, knowing that, I guess. And, yeah, that was uh, not a fun one. Not a fun one, that's for sure. All right, on to you, Matthew. What seed was Kansas in the 2002 NCAA tournament in which they made the Final Four before losing to Maryland? Um, they have two seed. 
That is unfortunately incorrect. They were also a one seed. That 2002 season, they went undefeated in Big 12 play and ended up getting a one seed before losing out to Maryland. So just like that, the matchup comes to its finish in the easy round of things. And uh, Jess, you're getting an advancement on to uh, round number two. So uh, thoughts, uh, any celebration tonight? Uh, no, no big celebration. Uh, I'm glad I went first because I also was sitting here with my fingers holding up two down below the screen. So I would have missed that one as well. Wow. So uh, that 2002 one tough. If, if you would have got the 97 one, Matt, would you have guessed the correct answer? Yeah. <clears throat> and then what, immediately when you said that they went undefeated in conference, I was like, oh, right. That was that year. Yeah. Yeah. So that would have made sense. That's a tough one. That's for sure. Uh, well, Matt, um, you've been a mainstay in this event now for three of the four years. We hope we get you back next year. Jess, you're going to be moving on to uh, round number two to take on Justin. Do you have any, uh, I don't know, are you going to play it humbly or, or do you want to trash talk it all to your second round opponent? Uh, no, I'm not going to trash talk with my history. There's like Missouri, you know, they can't get the final four yet. They want to trash talk us. So no, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to stay humble. There you go. Well, Matt, uh, we appreciate you joining. Jess, we'll see you in about a week. Thanks, guys. All right. All right, thanks. Man, tough. We had all three yesterday go to the hard round. It makes you feel spoiled. <laughs> and then the first one today, a little bit shorter there. Um, I I don't know. I guess maybe those questions could have been medium in theory, but also sometimes the difference between why a question is maybe easy or medium or, or hard as opposed to being a level up or a level down just has to do with can you guess it? Yeah. Right. And so in if you knew like 2002, you knew Kansas was really good. 97, you knew Kansas was really good. Right. Um, you knew there was going to be a one or two. So basically you had a 50 50 chance. Right. OK, here's, here's here's the deal. Bill Self has never been lower than a four seed in his entire career. So if it's anything involving a Bill Self team, well, to be clear, that was two one years seed. before Bill Self. But that was okay, the, well, one of the last example, two years just, of Roy Williams. But just, you're right. Yeah. My advice just guess a one seat. Well, I mean, okay, look at it from if we if we go from especially uh, if it's an easy question. Yeah, from from 1997 on. So what? One seed in 97, 98, 02, oh, no, 03 there were a two seed. Um then you go to like 07, 08, um what, 2010, 10, 11, 2011, 12 20, I think. 20, no, there were a two seed in 12. Then you go to 16, 17, 18, and then you probably would have been a one seed in like 2020. Yeah, you were one seed in 2022 and this past year. So you were a one seed 12 times, would have been 13 over the last, what is that? Yeah, 25, 26 years. Yes. So you have about a 50 50 chance if you guess one seed, just in general. So I would say, since 1997. Just. Just guess one seed. Yeah, I think uh, I, I I sometimes say this. I mean, I don't know if I'm allowed to give advice for this tournament. No, you but can. That, that's my advice. If if it's an old player and you have no idea, typically here's here's my advice. <laughs> if it's a player in the early '70s, Bud Stallworth or Dave Robish. If it's a player in the late '70s, Darnell Valentine. If it's a player in the '80s, Danny Manning. If it's a player in the '50s, either Clyde Lavella or Wilt Chamberlain. Those are the best guesses based on those. Yeah, and no, then th- this is a, this usually applies to like easy, medium questions. Yes, right? correct. If it's a hard or really hard question, it's probably going to be something a little sure. more where you have to be a little more knowledgeable. Yeah, and then yeah, for the seeding ones, if you don't know, you're better guessing a one seed. Yes. You are, and okay. know this because this is like the third time we've had a guy go out on it is on a question like this where they didn't guess one seed. Yeah, 
Just think right. it, yeah. I, I think sometimes it's like I get you it, you know. It I mean, yeah, sure. In, in your mind, you well, might I mean, be thinking, 03, they were two seeds, and maybe yeah. you get those two mixed well, up. Well, and in your mind, you might be thinking, oh, you know, they're a one seed all the time. Maybe this is like a trick question where there was one of the years where they weren't a one seed, like right. you don't know it, right? So I, I get it. I understand. I understand yeah. completely. Yeah. Um, I, I thought those questions were fair, though. I, I mean, you could say, yeah. well, the 97 team is a little more notorious, but the 02 team is the one that won or went undefeated in Big 12, so they're notorious there. Second to last year, Roy Williams. Last year, Drew Gooden. Like, that team was, I guess, a little more recent. So, in theory, that would help you out a little bit there. I, I think yeah. those were fair. And I, yeah. I think those were in the fine. Yeah, we're, we're fine where they were. I agree. Okay. Uh, we have three more matchups coming at you today on RCST Trivia. We got a 413 coming at you next between uh, Quinton and Mitch. We'll get that to you coming up shortly. RCST Trivia, our title sponsors are 23rd Street Brewery, River App Print and Skate, Pella Windows and Doors, and Johnny's Tavern. We'll be back after this break in the action with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk and RCST Trivia on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, the KLWN app, or on the best of RCST podcast. Depend on it. Kevin Flaherty going to join the show at 440 here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST. And RCST Trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash, one of our title sponsors, Johnny's Tavern. In 2023, Johnny's Tavern is celebrating its 70th year anniversary, and that's good news for you because they'll be having all sorts of specials at your local Johnny's throughout the year. Stay tuned for more details about a 70th anniversary celebration at our original location in North Lawrence where you can be part of the neighborhood porch. Of course, there's now 13 locations from Topeka to Raymore, Missouri, and you can try their awesome new beer, the Blue Collar Lager, a beer you can only get at Johnny's that's brewed by Free State Brewing Company. So our second matchup today is the four-seed Quentin Mirabelle against the 13-seed Mitch Loomis. And for Mitch, he's making his trivia debut, so kind of a wild card there. With Quentin, he made his debut last year, went 10-3 and on questions, made it all the way to the sizzling 16. And as you look at, this is in the uh, Pella windows and doors region. This is probably our least filled out of any of the regions so far. Yeah. But... You know, for the most part, the, I guess the, the two matchups that have taken place in the top half where Quentin is here, they've been chalk so far. The bottom half, meanwhile, has not been chalk. Uh, but certainly there's been a lot more chalk on the right side of the bracket, the two regions over there, than there has been the left side. Yeah, the left side's been chaos. The right side's been a little more stable, I guess you could say. Uh, and listen, we had a 4-13 with a pretty strong 4, Brian, against Garrett, who had never been in trivia, and that went to very hard, right? And that ended up being a great matchup. So... Definitely want to keep an eye on this one with with Mitch coming in, a guy that we don't have any really anything, don't really know anything about because he's this is his first time against Quinton, who in his first appearance did establish himself as a solid contender, but can he follow it up? All right, well let's get into the matchup. We're in the Pella Windows and Doors region, four thirteen matchup between Quinton Mirabel and Mitch Loomis, and the winner of this will take on the winner of the Battle of the Chris's, Chris Yurchak and Christopher Bulky, which is uh, going later today on RCST Trivia. So, Quentin, we'll start with you. You made your trivia debut last year. You went 2-1, and one, you went 10-3 and three on questions, made it to the Sizzling 16. It was a really nice debut for you to have. Uh, what are your expectations here going into year two? Um, really just hoping to make the Elite Eight this time, uh, though, whatever we call it, the Great eight. Make there we go. Great eight. Great eight. Great eight. There we go. So hoping to make it to the great eight this year. All right. Yeah. Just just keep taking one step further, Mitch. This is your first appearance in RCST trivia. What made you want to join this event? Uh, just a big Jayhawk fan, and 
thought it'd be thought it'd be a good time. So gonna give it a shot this year and see what happens. What are your expectations? Did you feel like 13 seed was a little too low? Did you feel like it was just right? No, I feel as of right now, I feel like you guys got that about right. We'll see though. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, well, Quentin. Meanwhile, you you earned your way up to a four seed. I forget where you were last year. I think you were a little lower on on the list yeah. there. Uh, does that come with any added expectations or pressure? Um, not really. There's been so many upsets in this tournament already so far that I think if I just make it past at least one round or a couple questions right, I'll be happy. So. Yeah, it has it has been the the tournament filled with upsets. We'll see if uh, we have another one here. If Quentin can keep a chalk going to the second round. All right, let's uh, go ahead and get into it. Mitch, you are the lower seed, so would you like to go first or would you like to go second? Uh, I'll go second. All right, second it is. I don't really think there's much of a correlation between who <laughs> wins with who goes. We see both people win all the time. All right, so that means that, Quentin, you are up first, and we'll start in the really easy category of questions. Quentin, on December 10th of 2022... Kansas won 95-67 to in Columbia against what rival that used to be in the Big 12? That would be against Mizzou. That would be against Mizzou. And that was, uh, I don't know, was that was that the best moment of the 2022-23 season? I mean, just crushing Mizzou on the road. <laughs> Obviously, there wasn't a, a long tournament run. Certainly would be up there. All right, on to you, Mitch. Your first question. The very next game after Kansas won at Mizzou, KU played on December 17th of 2022, and they won 84 to 62 at home against this Big Ten school who wears red and used to be coached by Bob Knight. Who did they beat? Indiana Hoosiers. That's right. That was another fun. I mean, that might have been the peak of, of how well KU was playing that season, and it came in uh, December, unfortunately. But yes, Indiana was the uh, other correct answer there. All right, back we go to you, Quentin. We are going to move up to the uh, easy round of questions. Quentin, what ACC opponent and one seed did Kansas beat in the 2012 Elite Eight by the final score of 80 to 67? The 2012 Elite Eight? Correct. Uh, That would be North Carolina. That would be North Carolina. That was certainly a fun one for a lot of reasons, playing against Roy Williams. They had a, a fun game, a lot of pros all over the floor. And uh, so that one clearly was North Carolina. All right. Well, this next one to you, Mitch. Yep. Mitch, who was the coach before Bill Self that eventually left the coach North Carolina? Roy Williams. That is correct. I think I accidentally gave away a little hint on that last one. I will uh, stop trying to talk. That is my fault, but I think you would have got it anyway. I feel better that it was an easy question. All right. Sorry about that. On to uh, the medium round we go for the first time today. Quentin, back to you. Quentin, who did Kansas lose to in the 2005 NCAA tournament first round 64 to 63? That would be Bucknell. That would be. Sometimes I mix up which B1 it was, do, but Bucknell is the... I do, too. Uh, <laughs> I had to really think about that one. <laughs> yeah. I get those confused as well. All right, Mitch, on to you to move us into the hard round. Who did Kansas lose to in the 2014 NCAA tournament second round, 60-57? to 57? Uh, 
2014. Oh man. Ten seconds. I think it's wrong, but I'm gonna guess Stanford. That is not wrong. That is right. Stanford was the correct answer. What was the other one? That uh, did you have any others going through your head there? I was thinking Stanford was later than fourteen. I thought I was thinking that was closer to eighteen or nineteen. But well, you ended up getting it right. That's all that matters. All right. <laughs> that was the equivalent of shot clock winding down. You just <laughs> chucked up a thirty-five foot three and you banked it in, but it counts all the same. All right, Quentin, back go. to you. Into the hard round we go. Quentin, who wore the number 11 jersey on the 2022 to 23, so this past year's Kansas Jayhawks team? Okay. Um, that's a tough one. I'll go. Ten seconds. Was it Kevin McCuller? Unfortunately, it was not Kevin McCuller. The correct answer was MJ Rice. Long forgotten, wearing the number 11 yeah, uniform. Already. All right, Mitch, you got one coming your way now. Chance to win and pull the 13-4 upset. Mitch, who wore the number 21 jersey on the 2022-23 to Kansas Jayhawks? That Zach Clements. That was Zach Clements is the correct answer there. And you just knew that one right away. Uh, do you know your jersey numbers? Was that just one you knew? What went into that? I'm a, I'm a Clements fan. I'm a fan of old Zach. So that was that was one that better lucky than good. Would you have known the MJ Rice answer? I, I did know the MJ Rice answer. Okay, so maybe we, we found a lot of people, the jersey numbers are ones that they stumble on, but maybe that's your calling card of, of how you could go deep in this tournament. Quentin, meanwhile, uh, Mitch said he knew the MJ Rice one, but if it would have been reversed, would you have known the Zach Clemens one? Uh, I think I would have got those. I don't know why. I just I cannot remember jersey numbers for some reason. Yeah, th those are the hard, those are the ultimate wild card. You can know all your history in the world and do all the studying, and then you, you couldn't remember the jersey number, and it kind of just kills you. And if you know nothing comes to mind, it, it yeah. definitely makes it difficult. Uh, well, so, Quentin, uh, we no, know we wouldn't have known that one. Yeah, uh, we, we we know that you know your stuff. You made a sizzling sixteen last year. I mean, Tyler Feist, our defending champ, lost in the first round this year. The difference between going far and not is is very thin. Uh, would you like to make a pledge to joining trivia next year? Because we hope we get you back. Oh yeah, definitely. I enjoy. I really enjoy this. So I'll definitely be back next year if you'll have me. Oh, we'd love to have you. We're, we're sorry that it was a short run, but uh, we, we like having you along, and, and we're glad to see you back next year. Mitch, meanwhile, you're the newcomer. You're headed into the second round here. So have you, have you already exceeded expectations? Is this already the cherry on top now? I feel a little better now than I did going in, so we've definitely exceeded expectations. There we go. Well, Mitch, we'll talk to you in a week. Quentin, we, we can't wait to hear from you down the road, man. Thanks, guys. All right. Appreciate Sounds it, Thank you. Well, we end up with another upset. 13 seed Mitch Loomis moving on past the four seed Quinton Mirabal. And, and Quinton made a deep run last year. This continues to be the, the tournament of upsets. Yeah, um, yeah. The tournament of first-year contestants coming in and doing well. Yeah. Right? Not only is it upsets, but it's a lot of first-year guys. Yeah. A lot of first-time players. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think um, 
it's almost becoming like a year where if you are one of the remaining one or two seeds, you probably feel like Kansas in 2011. The path <laughs> opened up for them. They played a eight or nine seed in the second round. They played yep. a 12 seed in the Sweet 16. All you had to do is get through 11 seed VCU to make the Elite Eight. And then if you would have done that, you would have played an eight seed Butler in the Final Four. And then you would have played like a three seed UConn in the title. The path <laughs> is opening up, right? So uh, maybe that adds even more pressure because you yeah. feel like there is the opportunity there. but uh, I think it definitely adds more pressure to some of the top guys, for yeah, sure. I think so. For sure. Uh, Mitch, I think, has staying power, though. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he did pretty well. And he, you know, you mentioned the jersey number stuff. Yes. That trips up some people. If he knows Doesn't that, trip him up. Maybe, maybe that does lend him to a deep run. Everybody's mind works differently. Some people have an easier time remembering that stuff. Others don't. And that is a big advantage for him. That, that he might not have to really study that stuff and, and he just knows it. And I, I think he's actually a coach. I, I should have asked him this, like, what is, <laughs> like, who's he coaching? What's he coaching? Um, I wonder if that helps. It could. Think about it. As a coach, a you have to deal with numbers all the time, I guess. Well, I mean, all the time. Think about coaches all the time who's like, they refer to players as numbers. Yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah you know who four does that on all the, the other team. Andy Reid. Andy Reid yes. does that all the time. Yes. Andy Reid will be like, oh, uh, yeah, I think 10 is pretty good. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what? He just they know him by numbers, not by name. So uh, maybe we have found his hidden talent. So certainly that'll be interesting. We'll we'll find out who he's playing in our next trivia matchup. It'll be between Chris Yurchak and Christopher Bolke. This is RCST trivia. You're listening to FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We still have uh, a couple more trivia matchups coming up that we'll get to in the five o'clock hour here on RCST with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. So uh, the Hunter Dickinson news is no news as uh, they went on the podcast, said a big announcement was coming, and then his announcement was that he's not sure about where he's going to go to basketball. So kind of like what we talked about earlier in the show, seems like just kind of a ploy to get some more uh, listens and podcast subscribers, stuff like that. Now, Kevin, um, we were looking yesterday on the show, and we kind of brought this up and I think we put something out on Twitter today, too. Looking at the Bart Torvik roster cast, and uh, Hunter Dickinson uh, would make Kansas number one. He would make Kentucky. I forget if it was number one or number two. He would make Villanova number two. He would make Maryland go from, like, the mid-20s to number eight. Is this one of the biggest college basketball-altering decisions that we've ever seen, and, and what others come to mind in that regard? Yeah, I think there's probably bigger ones in terms of recruits that I'm not thinking of necessarily. Obviously, from a transfer decision standpoint, it's certainly the most ballyhooed, you would have to say, in terms of I can't remember there being a transfer decision with this level of buzz surrounding it. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, even you think about the best transfer a lot of people say, you know, maybe in college basketball history – in terms of an immediate impact guy was Oscar Shibway, you know, who went on to become national player of the year in, in his first year. But I'm trying to remember other times where you have somebody who's actually reached an all America team before they transferred, because obviously Oscar Shibway was really good at West Virginia as a freshman, but he wasn't like a full first team, all big 12 guy wasn't as good as a sophomore transferred to Kentucky and had a huge year, but can you remember somebody who transferred that that had, you know, I'm trying to think maybe Kendrick Davis picked up a little bit of All-America mention here and there, but it, it, it's hard to remember somebody who transferred who already had the All-America 
pedigree where you you weren't just saying, hey, I think this guy can be really good for us, but you had such a, a giant track record of him being successful. Well, that's that's why I wonder, because I agree with you, like if you're, if you're just talking about the fanfare and the hype and you know what this guy would mean to the program in terms of like an Andrew Wiggins, for instance. Like that one is bigger than this sure. because it was it was I don't know it was just this this giant thing that followed Andrew Wiggins of of media hype and, and interest and fan interest and all this stuff. But when you think about a lot of those players, even if they are the number one recruit, like Andrew Wiggins came in by you know a lot of different ways had a really successful one year at KU. He broke the uh, single season like total points record for freshman at KU. He averaged like 17 points per game. I think he was the second team All-American, so he was, uh, you know, by one metric and notion or whatever, a top 10 player in college basketball. But that's kind of the point. Like, to me, you think about all these great freshmen who come in, and a lot of times they they might be good players. They might end up being first-team All-Americans, but sometimes they don't. And with Hunter Dickinson, like, that's the difference. There is that proven track record that – as much as we think some of these freshmen sometimes are sure things, you never know which one's not going to work out if there's something you know that's, that doesn't get along with the coach or whatever. Whereas with Dickinson, it's, it's hard to see it failing because we've just already seen it work at this level. Yeah, and from that perspective, it's kind of interesting. I remember when Jimbo Fisher was hired at Texas A&M, uh, one of the guys at uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football called it you know, the biggest Texas football coach hiring in the state's history. And, and, you know, I kind of disagreed with them a little bit, and we went back and forth. But what he was saying at that point is kind of what you're getting to, where, you know, I was saying, well, actually, you know, looking at the results and everything, a guy like Daryl Royal would have been up there and and things like that. But Jimbo Fisher came to Texas A&M already having a national title. And that's kind of what you're what you're talking about in terms of Hunter Dickinson. In terms of, you know, it's not just somebody you think is going to be really good. It's not, you know, and even beyond that, I think when you look at some of the schools on his list, with limited exceptions, he's not looking at schools that he's going to turn into. Hey, this is a this is all of a sudden going to be a team that barely reaches the NCAA tournament or or is expected to lose in the in the round of 32. And so I think that's the other part of it, right? Because we haven't been able to really link a decision where we can circle that decision and say, hey, Hunter Dickinson picking Kansas could be the reason that, you know, the three of us are, are sitting around a year from now talking about, man, Kansas's national title sure was sweet because they got Hunter Dickinson. And I think – you know, that, that's one of the things that makes it, you know, that much more amplified as well is it's a decision that you can see a very clear impact in terms of competing for that national title race. I asked this question to you either a week or, or two weeks ago, if Kansas doesn't get Dickinson, what the best pivot plan would be. But I, I kind of want to ask it again because there are new pieces to the puzzle in this regard with Kansas making an addition of Artario Morris that changes up the roster a little bit and also uh, maybe new guys that have visited the program. Mackenzie and Baco visiting today. Jalen Tyson just visited over the weekend. Uh, what do you think the logical pivot would be for Kansas if they don't land Tyson? And how good of a team do you think they could get at that point? Yeah, I think there are a lot of things that make sense about Jalen Tyson. I'm not sure that that, that visit you know, went maybe the way that, that both sides really wanted it to. 
And, and I think that, you know, it, it's a good thing that Kansas has McKenzie in, you know, today. And that I think that he's a really good fit, Derek. I had a chance to see him in person out on the grassroots circuit a, a couple times. And, and when I saw him, you know, he, he already has sort of the, the NBA frame. He's a guy that, that can catch and shoot the ball pretty well. And so I feel like he's a really good piece in that he fits whatever you want to do, right? If you, if you get Hunter Dickinson, McKenzie would be a great player alongside of him because he'd be there to stretch the floor and, and do a lot of different things that would, that would help you out there. If you don't get him, you're looking at probably, I would guess, unless there's another big man transfer that Kansas decides to hop on, maybe you're running it back with K.J. Adams and Ernest today and, and Zuby Edgia for it, in which case, you know, McKenzie would be a nice fit for that group too because when you look at the way that they played with K.J. Adams in particular, the pick and roll and all the things that they can do, that that's going to generate some open catch-and-shoot opportunities. And so – I do think McKenzie makes a lot of sense as sort of that next step, but obviously the one that that everybody kind of has circled and, and saying, "Hey, this is this is the one to watch out for," is that Hunter Dickinson decision. Yeah, well, with Mbako, um, I, I guess the big question I have is because you mentioned the shooting and stretching it out. This is something that we've talked about several times on the show all the different scouting reports you look at, it mentions him being a good shooter and then he has a good, like pure release and, and all the, the sort of things. But then you look at his like Nike YBL numbers and it's, I don't know, 26%, something like that from three point range. Sure. One of the years, um, but it's on high volume too, which is like seven attempts per game. Is that uh, the coaching staff's giving him free reign and he's just chucking shots. Is that the coaching staff is saying, no, we know he's a good shooter. So we're going to drop a lot of plays for him. I, I don't know what, like, what do you make about the low percentages from three in an event like that? I think that that's where scouting comes in. So important because there are some guys that, don't shoot a super high percentage that wind up being really good shooters. And a big part of the reason that they do is because they have the mechanics, they have the shot, they have all those things, but they don't have the shot selection and they don't have the offense geared to getting them open shots the way that they do in college. You know, when you're the, when you're a top 10 player and you're playing, you know, for, for an EYBL or, or grassroots team, Everybody knows that, you know, they want to get you the ball. They want you to score. And so the looks that you get a lot of times aren't as clean as if he comes to Kansas and let's just say he's the number two, three, whatever scoring option on the court. You know, he doesn't face the same level of defensive attention. Even beyond that, because you're a top 10 player, sometimes you're allowed to take shots that that maybe you shouldn't take or, or maybe you wouldn't take in a, in a more traditional situation. And so I, I think you have to be really wary when looking at percentages and things like that. And that's where scouting the mechanics we're seeing, you know, Hey, is this a repeatable motion? Hey, what happens when he gets a good, clean look that replicates the type of look he's going to get in college? You know, what happens in that situation? I, I remember, and I think we've had this discussion before when Emmanuel quickly came out, you know, he was a guy that certain staff in Kansas was one of them really thought that he had a chance to be sort of a game breaking shooter and his shooting percentages in EYBL, I believe he made like 31% from three or, or something like that. Not, 
not super great. And so when people would say, hey, this guy's going to be a really high-level shooter, there was some pushback on that because people said, well, he hasn't shown that he's going to be that guy. And then you look up, you know, in year two at Kentucky and then on into the NBA, and and the guy's a really high-level shooter. And so I do think that you have to be really careful in terms of looking at those percentages, because in a lot of those cases, it's just not a like-for-like attempt. The shot attempt that you're getting, you know, at Peach Jam or, you know, in one of the regionals or whatever, may not be the type of shot that you're going to be taking at the college level in terms of having your feet set, you know, coming off the screen, you know, the ball coming out after touching the interior. You know, there are just a lot of different factors there. Well, uh, one player we do know is going to be new to the KU rosters, Arterio Morris. I continue to have hesitations about some off-the-court stuff, but in terms of the on-the-court fit, seems like he will uh, fit very nicely into what a traditional Bill Self kind of combo guard brings to the table. And when you look at the the competition there, obviously we expect DeWan Harris to start, play a ton of minutes at the, the point guard spot. At that two-guard spot, I, I would imagine then it becomes a big competition between El Marco Jackson and Arterio Morris, and... You know, in in the case of Morris, he does have the one year of college basketball, but it wasn't a ton of play necessarily with 11 minutes per game, obviously being behind all those guards at Texas. Uh, when you look at Arterio Morris, what he was coming out of high school versus what El Marco Jackson is now coming out of high school, how do you kind of expect that competition to go in, in what each can kind of bring to the table? Yeah, I think they're, they're a little bit different in terms of, of what they do. I, I think the better athlete is obviously El Marco Jackson. I think... One thing that both of them do at a pretty high level or, or at least are interested in doing it at a fairly high level is defending. I thought Arterio Morris was really good defensively at the Big 12 tournament when when we had a chance to see him there in person. He shot the ball well down the stretch. I think El Marco probably brings you more dynamism off the bounce and the different ways that he can do that. The key thing for, for them is just going to be how is – How's the ball handling burden shared a little bit with Dewan Harris? And then what specifically do you want that guy to do? Because I think if you're asking that guy to, to mostly be, you know, an off the ball spot up shooter type, you know, then then Arterio Morris seems like he would check those boxes. But if you're looking at somebody and saying, you know, with Kansas's weave and, and the handoffs and the different things that they do, hey, we're gonna want this guy to to really pressure the paint and do those things offensively, you know, maybe El Marco Jackson is the guy there. And so I'm really fascinated to see how that battle plays out because I do think that there are some major differences, particularly offensively, between the two of them. And Kansas could decide to to go a different direction based on the way things are going. You know, if right now I, I think most of us feel like El Marco's shooting is sort of his swing skill, right? If he if he comes out and makes shots, he's going to be an NBA guy sooner rather than later. And at the same time, you know, we're we're counting Arterio. I think is a guy that shot the ball well down the stretch last season, the second half of last season. But if Arterio misses shots and El Marco makes them maybe a little bit higher clip than you expect, you know, that could change your perceptions on a lot of things too. So that looks to me to be, you know, maybe the biggest position battle when we look forward to this next year's team where you have a couple guys that 
you really feel like, hey, these they're going to push each other for this starting spot. I, I, I'm really interested to in see how that one plays out. You wrote an article last week, I, I think it was right after we had you on, detailing the Big 12, what everyone's adding, losing in limbo right now, just kind of giving a good summation to, to see where everything's at. And after looking through it, I, I kind of came away going, man, it, it looks like Houston and Kansas, kind of a, a two-horse race. I mean, Texas has, I think, the ceiling when you add Max A. Smith, but who knows? Now Ron Holland going elsewhere. I don't know. That one kind of seems weird. West Virginia, are they like the third best team in the Big 12? I, I don't know. Right now, if you were to, I, I won't ask you to tear out the entire Big 12, but if you had to put the top of the league into the top two tiers, what would those top two look like? Yeah, I do think you have Kansas and Houston maybe a little bit higher. I do think, you know, Texas, you're going to see quite a bit depending on what happens with the Tyrese Hunter decision, what happens with the Dylan Mitchell decision. Ron Holland still actually has Texas on his list, even though he's decommitted. And so, you know, there's a chance if, you know, if Texas goes three for three there, that you're all of a sudden, you know, you're having a conversation where you're like, well, is Texas not just the best team in the Big 12, but potentially a national title contender? I don't think they're going to be as deep necessarily, and maybe they can add a, a transfer or two to, to change that perception. But I thought this year a big part of the reason that they were so tough for Kansas down the stretch was, you know, different people had different injuries. Obviously, you know, Kansas, Kevin McCuller, you had the issue. You know, Texas had Timmy Allen, but Texas was replacing Timmy Allen in the starting lineup with Serge Jabari Rice, who was the Big 12 sixth man of the year. And then you still had Arterio Morris and these other guys coming off the bench, Christian Bishop, who were highly effective players. And so I don't know that Texas is going to have that level of depth. I'm interested to see what they do with Caden Shedrick. Uh, in terms of are they going to try and play him and Dylan DeSue together at times? Are they going to straight make them, you know, basically a replacement for the other the way that they did with Christian Bishop last year? And that's a really long time to talk about Texas in this question, but I think Texas is the most fascinating team in terms of what can happen. West Virginia, I, I think, is going to be in that upper tier, like you mentioned. They've had just a wonderful transfer portal, uh, you would think, when you look at the guys that they're bringing in. Baylor has had a really quiet transfer portal, and I think Baylor was a team that heading in you thought, hey, Baylor is, is going to be Baylor, right? They're going to be a top 10, top 15 team. They're going to be really good. They're going to bring all these guys back. And, you know, it just it hasn't really worked out that way. All the guards leaving, you know, Adam Flagler, I guess, technically left it open. But at the same time, it, you know, most of the people you talk to think that that he's probably gone. TCU is going to be in that upper tier with them, you know, losing Mike Miles but replacing him with Jameer Nelson Jr. And I think that's, that's kind of your top tier at this point. There are a lot of teams – Right after that, I actually think Oklahoma's had kind of an interesting offseason with them getting JVN McCollum with John Hughley. You know, that's a guy that averaged 15 and 8 in the ACC two years ago. Didn't do nearly as well this year, but if you can get him, you know, back to form, Milos Uzan's back, you know, a guy that shot 40% from three, maybe, maybe you're cooking a little bit there. And so I do think. After you get past TCU in that discussion, you start looking down the conference, you have a lot of teams that you say, I could like them if 
but you don't really have the answers. And so that's kind of how I feel like it's teared up right now. He is Kevin Flaherty. You can check out all his work, including that latest article with 24-7 Sports. Kevin, appreciate the time as always, man. Talk to you next week. Thanks a lot, Derek. All right, Kevin Flaherty, 24-7 Sports. Two hours down, one to go. We got two more RCST trivia matchups coming at you. We're out a little bit early at 5.50 today for uh, KU Missouri in baseball. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Third of four trivia matches today coming up shortly. It's a 5-12 matchup. Those are the the trendy bracket picks between uh, Chris Yurchak and Christopher Bolke. And uh, we are here for RCST Trivia. Our title sponsors, Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, River Rat Print and Skate, and 23rd Street Brewery. Did you know River Rat has embroidery and promotional products available with art and logo creation? They're KU licensed. They can help you out with your custom apparel like our trivia shirts and hat hats. But they're also a screen printing and a skate shop. They have skateboards, longboards, paddleboards, safety gear. They have a large selection of shoes and apparel from well-known skate brands. They're right across the river kind of by over uh, Johnny's North. Follow them on Instagram at river underscore rat underscore print for the print shop and at river rat skate shop for the skate side or call them 785-371-1660. So Chris Yurchek did really well in football and in basketball, he has five trivia advancements all time. He's been in every trivia edition, 25 and eight on questions, two sizzling 16s. Meanwhile, Christopher Bolke, 0-2 in trivia matchups. He's gone just 4-4, four and four. but when you get that 12 seed next to your name, True, it makes yeah. you a trendy upset A little pick. bit of magic, absolutely. And this is the, also the battle of the Chris's. Mm-hmm. How much, Chris do, you, how much do you think that factors in? Mm. I think a big deal. Think I think a big deal. extra knowledge because they, they're both, it's like, you know, Chris versus Chris, so you know more because your, your opponent's Chris. Yeah, do you, do you I, I don't see why that logic doesn't make sense. Do you, do you buy into that? <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> uh, so let, let's find out if if one will change, like if, if Chris will uh, change his name to Christopher or maybe just Topher for the extra Topher on top of the Chris. I hate Topher. Or if... Uh, I actually hate that a lot. <laughs> if Christopher will change his name to Chris, but like with a K or something. I don't know. Uh, let's figure that out and let's get into our next matchup with RCST Trivia. So our 5-12 matchup, this is in the Pella Windows and Doors region. Winner will take on the 13 seed with Mitch Loomis here in the region. And we've got a battle of the same name. Chris Yurchek versus Chris Bolke. For the sake of this, we're going to call Chris Bolke Christopher. And we're going to call Chris Yurchek Chris. Uh, so, Chris, you're you're the five seed here. You've made two sizzling 16s. You did well in, in the football version of trivia last year. Um, you've had a lot of success through these trivia events, racked up a lot of victories along the way, a lot of points, a lot of correct trivia answers and whatnot. Uh, how do you feel going into your fourth edition of basketball trivia this year? Well, when the bracket first came out, I felt a little bit slighted. I made back-to-back Sweet 16s. I thought I could get into that top four line. But after listening the past couple of weeks, I realized that seeds just don't matter in this tournament. So, Yeah, that, that is absolutely bit. for sure. Um so, I mean, heck, the, the four seed in your region just lost the uh, matchup before. Um, so, you know, for Christopher, um, I, I guess you got a 12 seed here. You're looking for your first first round win. What are you looking for out of yourself today? Have you done anything different to get prepped for the matchup? For the matchup. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be nice? Uh, no, I'm actually looking. I'm hoping to move on the next round. Um but uh, if not, I'm going to have to uh, go buy some Kansas books for dummies and uh, start <laughs> doing that every day. I thought I was good, but these last couple have shown that I'm not the KU fan I thought I was. So well, It's all tough. I mean, talk, we have right? tough competition here, tough questions. You never know what you're going to get that specific day. Uh, Chris, 
is is this something where uh, you're fine doing a name bet? Will you change your your name to Christopher if you lose this? <laughs> you know, I've been going both my whole life, so whatever it takes. Okay. All right, well, let's get into the matchup. Christopher, you are the lower seed, so you have the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Okay, first it is. He gave us the uh, number one on his finger, so first for him. And second is Chris Yurchak. We'll start in the really easy column. First to you, Christopher. The only Jayhawk with more than one assist in KU's 2023 loss to Arkansas in the NCAA tournament second round was this veteran point guard who wore the number three and started for KU at the point guard position. What's his name? Juan Harris. That's right. Really easy for a reason. Nailed it. All right. On to you, Chris. Your check. Your first question in the really easy. The only Jayhawk with more than one block in KU's 2023 second round NCAA tournament loss to Arkansas was this wing who wore the number 15 and originally transferred in from Texas Tech. Kevin McCuller. That's right as well. Kevin McCuller, the correct answer there. And the really easy ones out of the way. On we go to the easy round. Back to you, Christopher Bolke. What team from the ACC did Kansas beat in the Elite Eight of the 2022 NCAA Tournament? Ten seconds. Uh, Ten seconds. Um, this is wrong, Bob. I'll say Virginia. That is unfortunately, that is unfortunately incorrect. The correct answer was Miami. Was Miami. Yeah. All right, Chris Yurchek, right. you got a chance here to get the victory and move on to the second round of the tournament for, I believe, I, I think you've made the second round every single year. You've been a part of this. You have two sizzling 16s and uh, three second round appearances. So this would be four for four if you can get this right. Chris, for you, what team from the Big East did Kansas beat in the second round of the 2022 NCAA tournament? Creighton. That is right. Creighton, the correct answer. That was a close one. The Miami one was a uh, not a close one. It was down at half, and then they blew him out in the second half. And just like that, Chris Yurchak, you're moving on. Uh, congratulations. So on to the second round for all four straight years here. Uh, thoughts on the performance? By the way, I, I haven't mentioned this. Love the RCST Trivia t-shirt. <laughs> Thanks. Hopefully I can win another one this year. Um, I was glad to get out. Uh, get out of this one early because I've not been doing the studying that I should have been up to this point and hope that can put in some more hours for the next game. That's for sure. Well, Christopher Bolke, what went wrong for you? Why couldn't you think of Miami there? Uh, total brain fart. <laughs> I don't, I know that it's not a popular pick, but everybody's been thinking about Hunter all day and <laughs> everybody's 50, 50. And that was what was on my head coming home today. And next thing you know, but Ah, uh, three years in a row. At least I got one right this year. <laughs> That's so, true. Uh, but Chris, good luck, brother. Hope to take you down. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me again. Hopefully I'll be back next year and maybe about 10% smarter than I was this year. 
Well, fourth time could be the charm, that's for sure. We always love having you, Christopher. Yeah, glad to hopefully have you back next year as well. Chris, uh, we'll see you next week, man. Moving on to the second round for the fourth straight year. Congrats. Fourth straight year. Congrats. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Derek. So, Chris, your has been a mainstay in this. Yep. 27 and 8 is now. He, on is questions. he the, uh, the dark horse, you think, here? Is he the guy that's not getting enough respect, right? Nobody's nobody's talking about him. But every year yeah. you have a, a team like that that quietly gets through their first matchup and maybe even gets through a second matchup and nobody's really talking about him, right? Is he that guy this year? I think that's fair. Um, he's just been such a mainstay consistent that – I wonder if, if for some people you look at it and go, okay, he's he's good to make like uh, get a couple wins, but you almost are like, well, we haven't seen him make that deep run yet, so I'm not going to overly worry about him. And I think that would be a mistake if yeah. if you were somebody who has to play Chris. I mean, let's in a say later he, round let's say he gets Eric in the Sizzle in 16. I mean, right, like that, I, that could be a tough matchup. Yeah, like like sure, Eric would be the favorite there, and I think yes. that's you know rightfully so. Like Eric has won a title and and he's accomplished a lot, but yeah, I don't think it would be crazy at all if if. Chris Yurchek had what it took on a, on a day to beat Eric. I also you know, thought it was interesting. I also thought it was interesting that he mentioned uh, how he kind of skated through without studying that much for this round. We've seen that backfire for some of the top yep. seeds, right? That's why some of the top guys I think maybe lost early is maybe some of them had the same mentality where they were like, eh, you know, I'll just stroll into this first matchup, whatever, and then I'll start studying once I get to round two or the sizzling sixteen. That came back to bite him. So Chris gets through here, but hopefully he uh, hopefully he steps up his study game. Because I think he's going to need to if he wants to make a deep run. Yeah, and uh, now we know that second round matchup between the 13 seed Mitch Loomis and the four seed or the five seed, excuse me, uh, Chris Yurchak. Do you yeah. have an early read on on who you like in that matchup? Mm, I don't know. Does I mean, it depend I, on which style of question comes in. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, Mitch, Mitch uh, definitely tested his metal. He got to the hard round in his matchup, uh, so he definitely knows his stuff to to put a scare into Chris, and so. Definitely, there's going to need to be some studying done, probably on both ends, right? I mean, Mitch is a first-time entrant. He got his first win, so maybe that shakes off some of his nervousness, but we'll see what happens in that uh, round of 32 matchup. Yeah, we will. Once again, RCST Trivia brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. We've only been to the medium round one time through our first three matchups. Is that the, uh, is that the uh, reversion to the mean from yesterday's action? Could be, could be. I mean, I listen. I don't know how you can top yesterday. I really don't. In terms of great matchups, like all in one day, right now. Obviously, once we get into the later rounds of the tournament, we're probably going to have some nice matchups. But are we going to have four, three, four, five matchups in a row that are consecutive on the same day, all great? No, it might be like one matchup one day, another matchup the next day. So the the quality plus quantity of the matchups yesterday, I don't think that can be topped. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it does set a high bar if you're going to look at it that way. So I'm not going to. But we do have one more matchup. So who knows? Yep. Maybe we'll get a classic on yep. our hands in that final matchup. Uh, the final trivia matchup for today will be in the Pella Windows and Doors region. So uh, Nine, we've done... 15 tip, you know, the yeah. late night game. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, this will be the seven seed Steve Klein against the 10 seed Cole Calloway. And the winner will get the 15 seed, which was Brett Doe's. Let's find out our final trivia winner of the day coming up after this timeout. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST Trivia on Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Last trivia matchup of the day features a 7-10 matchup in the Pella Windows and Doors region. It is Steve Klein taking on Cole Calloway. The winner of this will get the 15 seed with Brett Doze. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. And one of our title sponsors, 23rd Street Brewery. Great spot to watch 
the game. Me and Nick just had lunch there earlier today. I got myself a uh, prime rib French dip. Nick had the Hank Booth burger. Hank Booth, the local legend here from KLWN. I think he was having an homage to Hank. Uh, check out the patio. Perfect for the heating weather. You can even bring your dog out there. Got great service, great beer, and some absolute classics on the menu, such as those items we had today or the new Fitzgerald Reuben. If you want to spice things up with something you haven't tried yet, check them out in Lawrence with 23rd Street Brewery. So the matchup, the 7-10 here with Steve and Cole, the 7-10s are always, in the same ways the 8-9s are, very much coin flippy. Yeah. Um, Steve has gone 1-1 one one in trivia matchups, 6-1 and one on questions. Cole has gone 0-1. Oh he went 2-1 and one on questions. I think he was the first round victim of Nick Schwert last year. Oh, really? Yes, I believe that's true. But I mean, we've had a lot of underdogs win. Yeah, and we have the winner of this. I okay. plays a fifteen. I do think that over the course of this first round, all of the attention has been on the the ones and the twos and the threes getting upset and whatnot. And so these six, eleven, seven, ten, eight, nine matchups, I feel like are kind of going under the radar. Really, I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to them just because they're not. They don't have the flashy upsets like we've had in some of the other matchups. But we've had we've had some strong contestants in this in the six to eleven seed range that I think could have a chance to make a run. And so. We'll see what happens here in this matchup. Yep, that's for sure. All right, with that being said, RCST Trivia, let's get into our final matchup of the day. It is the 7-seed Steve Klein against the 10-seed Cole Calloway. And uh, Steve, you had a trivia advancement in your first appearance. You went 6-1 and one on questions. This is your second go-around with RCST Trivia. What are your thoughts about you know your second go-around here? Uh, not sure. I just got out of class. I'm a teacher and kind of not as prepared as I was last year when I actually was out of the building. Right now, I'm just kind of on a quick break. So I don't know if I'm totally locked in yet. And uh, just to clarify, to make sure uh, you are not teaching Rock Chalk Sports Talk trivia, correct? I'm not teaching that. No, I'm not uh, <laughs> honors world geography, basically. Uh, well, you know, that that's good overall, but not great for this competition. I don't have a ton <laughs> of geography questions in here. I don't know if I have any. Uh, but Cole... For you, you made your appearance last year, and I think you were a 12 or a 13 seed. I, I want to say you lost to Nick Schwert in the first round. It was a good matchup. Got to the medium round and everything. Now you move up a little bit in your seed line from your first performance. You're up to the 10 seed. Uh, what do you think about your first go-around with trivia? Doing anything differently now in year two? Yeah, I've got to uh, I've got to credit Nick Schwartz. I have actually decided to take his approach this year. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it paid off well for him. Uh last last time so uh yeah my kind of my philosophy and my approach is uh go with it i do not care as, as nick schwartz i believe said i do not care whatever happens happens so that's kind of the way i'm gonna go with it <laughs> all right well maybe you're the new villain then of the tournament if it's passing along we had nick losing the first round off a uh, no show <laughs> of all things uh so uh for cole you are the lower seed here so you have the option do you want to go first or do you want to go second uh, I'll go first. Okay. First it is. That means, Steve, you're up second. We will start in the really easy category of questions. Cole, to you. Name this ACC school coached by John Shire that Kansas beat 69-64 to in this past season's Champions Classic. Duke. That's right. Beat Duke. Grady Dick had a, a big burst at the end of that game to help KU kind of get over the hump. Okay, for you, Steve, name this orange SEC school coached by Rick Barnes 
that Kansas lost to 64 to 50 in the battle for Atlantis in the Bahamas tournament? Tennessee. That is Tennessee. I was talking about that one with Nick before the show, and he was like, what if somebody guesses Texas? Orange SEC school, Orange coached, SEC by Rick school coached by Rick Barnes. It, it checks all the boxes. It does. All right, but we got through that. On to the easy round we go. Back to you, Cole. What former Big 12 and now SEC team did Kansas destroy 102-65 to in Allen Fieldhouse on December 11th of 2021? Missouri. That's right. It dominated Missouri in that game from start to finish. 102 to 65. That's a fun one. That was the return of the rivalry in Allen Fieldhouse. All right, Steve, for you, in that game, what KU senior wing led the Jayhawks with 21 points thanks to five made threes in that game? Uh, I would imagine that that would have been Ochai Baji. That's right. The key word there was senior wing. Christian Brown was a junior. Uh, Wilson would have been a sophomore junior. Ochai Baji is the correct answer. And just like that, we move up to the medium round for just the second time in today's action among our four matchups. All right, back to you, Cole. Name a Bill Self player who played at KU who has a brother that also played at KU but was not a twin. So you can't pick the Morris twins, but any other brother that had another brother who played at KU. So I, both brothers would have had to play there, um, whether they played at the same time or didn't. It would have to be the Keehan brothers. That's right. Those work. Other ones that would have worked were Diedrich or KJ Lawson or Xavier slash CJ oh, yeah. Henry. So you had three options oh. to go with there. I don't. I thought the T hands were the only. I kind of forgot about. Yep. About those other. Uh, those other guys. But that's so, one of them. More than I, I imagined. Yep. And then obviously the, the Morris twins. But I said no twins. Okay. <laughs> All right, Steve. For you. Name a Bill Self KU player, who was the son of an assistant coach. So during Bill Self's tenure, could be any son of an assistant coach, but not the head coach, not Bill Self, and played or walked on at KU. So, okay, so any of them. So, Evan Manning. Yep. Boom. Got it. Evan Manning, Nico Roberts would have both been answers there. I think those are the two that uh, certainly pop up. All right. You guys are through the medium round. We're going to pick up the intensity, pick up the mood, pick up the music. Into the hard round we go. Back to you, Cole. Cole, what was the most that Kansas trailed North Carolina by in the 2022 National Championship game occurring in the first half? 16. That is correct. 16 points was the most they trailed by. I think they were down 15 at the half, but at one point in the first half, they were down 16, and that is the correct answer. All right, Steve, for you, what was the score of the Kansas-Memphis game after Mario Chalmers hit Mario's miracle that sent the game to overtime in 2008? Was that the game? Um, the final, I know. Um, I want to say... 63-63 is what the 
Yeah, close, but I'm not sure that's it. Is that your guess? Well, that is a good guess. 63-63 is the correct answer. You were going through. I, I heard you kind of mumbling a little bit, saying some. You were like 62, 63. You yeah, ended up getting I was it right. I remember it was. Yeah, it could have been 65, 65, or 63, 63. It was basically what I narrowed it down to. I wasn't sure. Well, all that matters. You got it right. And now we move to the really hard round. What a great matchup to close this out for the day here. All right, back to you, Cole. Who was KU's team captain for the 1925 team that won a conference championship? Bog Allen? Not a bad guess. Throw something out there. The correct answer, though, is Tuss Ackerman. Mm. All right. Yeah, no shot. (laughs) (laughs) That's one you got to learn from reading the media guide. Steve, to you, chance to win it in the really hard round. Steve, this Jayhawk went 49 and 6 from 1922 to 1924 with KU and later was the head coach of Nebraska for six seasons. What's his name? Mm, um, head coach of Nebraska doesn't sound... To be clear, the record at KU was when he was a player. Yeah, I'll say say black. Uh, I need you to be specific. Charlie? I need you to be a little more specific. More so than Charlie Black. I need the middle initial. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, Five seconds. I, I, I didn't know there were two Charlie Blacks. Charlie H. Black. I, yeah. Can I give it to him? No, I, unfortunately. <clears throat> Sorry, I was premature on that. Yeah, you're fine. There's a Charlie. This is the reason I can't give it to you. So I feel bad, but I can't. Because there's a Charlie B. Black and there's a Charlie T. Black. Yeah. So that's why I had to be super specific on that one. I feel bad because the correct answer was Charlie T. Black there. Um, but that's that's why. So I'm, so, I'm sorry. And normally, that would have been good for you. But uh, okay. We're going to uh, go back to the hard round. Back to you, Cole. Cole, what opponent ended Darnell Valentine's career at Kansas with a Midwest Regional semifinal win over Kansas in 1981? K-State. Well, it was a team in the state of Kansas. The correct answer, though, was Wichita State beat Darnell Valentine to end his career in 1981. Oh, man. All right, Steve, you got a chance to win it here in the hard round now. What opponent ended Tad Boyle's career at Kansas with a second round win over KU in 1985? Auburn. You knew that one right off the bat. That is the correct answer. What a heck of a matchup here. And in the end, Steve, you come through. Uh, so, obviously, you answered that one pretty quickly with Auburn. Is that one you remember? Uh, that's, that's yeah, that's about the earliest that my brain goes back. <laughs> um, I think that was Manning's freshman year, so that's what got me into KU basketball. So, that was the first painful loss that I recall. That's for sure. Would you have known the Wichita State one that Cole had? Um. Gosh, I would have had to think, and I don't think I would have known. It's possible. I knew that there was another loss other than the 2015 one, but no, I don't think I would have come up with that. Cole, would you have known the Auburn one? 
Oh no, not not a chance. <laughs> well, that's to make you feel not better. I, I do I do feel a little better because I feel bad that you didn't technically get that really hard one. Normally, I'm not asking that. That's probably the only guy I would need the middle initial for because there's literally two guys with the same name, and then you have that middle I initial. Had no idea there were two Charlie Blacks. <laughs> yes. That's the only guy I would have known right around then. I'm like, wait, there's two. I had no idea. <laughs> that's right. That's why they go by the middle initial. But Cole, I feel bad for you too because. You have clearly proven your medal in this event, but you don't have a first-round advancement. But I, I hope we get you back next year. Uh, for instance, I, I keep saying this now that it happened, but it's true. Tyler, our winner last year, lost in the first round this year. The difference between winning it all and winning in the first round is not that much. There's a lot of people that know their stuff. Sometimes it depends how the questions come up. So, Cole, we hope to get you back. Steve, congratulations on moving on, man. You're going to be uh, taking on Brett Doe's in the second round. Good work, guys. Hey, appreciate it. Man, what a great matchup to finish us up. We get Jeez. to the, the really hard round. Good. I mean, the only that I I, I still <laughs> I feel so weird about the the Charlie Black one because yeah, to, like he clearly knew the name, but like because th that never happens. There's there's no one else. It's not like with the with any other name. If he would have said the first name and the last name, he would have got it right. That yes. is the only time that for Ku that I can think of on any of these questions that we go as deep as the medium or the middle name. Yeah, that is tough because there is a Charlie yes. B. Black, and both of them have their jerseys retired at KU. Yeah, both so of it's them not like, like all American level players. Yeah, it's it's not like one was you know this great player and the other <laughs> one was like a walk on or something. They are both have their jerseys retired. Yeah, like what if there was like one Derek Johnson in like 1930 who was elite, and mm -hmm. then you came along and you were terrible? It wouldn't matter. <laughs> no, because if you just said Derek Johnson, everyone Nobody would, know, would know who I was. Exactly, yeah. everyone would know they were talking about the one that was actually good and Correct. wasn't bad. Correct. But because they're both notable players, that's why I needed the... But I, I think it worked out in that way um, because I, I would have felt bad. I mean, um, I feel bad for well, Cole I thought, I mean, because listen, he clearly I, knows his stuff. I, I dinged him too early. Yeah. I gave him the correct ding, and it but turns yeah. out it wasn't correct. Well, in the end, uh, I, I guess it kind of worked out there. Uh, well, again, so I don't think we now, did anything wrong. It's just... trivia you know. Guys in trivia going advancing on, now they know... Right. There's a Charlie B and a Charlie T. Yes. So uh, know that. I, I always comes say, up in the future. listening to RCST trivia, listening to the actual episodes of it is as good of a study tool as anything because you, yes. you pick up little tidbits about that and what types of questions are being asked that also all the uh that sort of stuff 100 now now beyond the just okay. intrigue of the matchup another question oh yeah how did steve not go further last year he clearly is very very knowledgeable yeah i'm trying to remember who he got like, matched he up with. pretty much he, he he pretty much nailed every question like pretty quickly well doesn't that again go in line with the idea that like, you can know your stuff, and sometimes just crap comes at you. I, okay, yeah, so, I guess. So last year, he was an 11 seed. It was his first appearance. Won his first matchup in the medium round. Then he went to the hard round of his second matchup against Kyle Martin, who we're going to have going on Friday, and he lost in the hard round. Mm. And Kyle has been to three straight sizzling 16. So, like, again, it's, okay. it, yeah. it's such a tight margin for advancing. Well, because now I'm sometimes. thinking that Steve might be the dark horse pick here. Yeah, Steve versus Brett, that's going to be a hell of a matchup, right? Yes. Both of that. So Brett won in the hard round against Doug Crumpton Murray. Yeah. And Steve won technically in the hard round, but they got to the really hard round against yeah. Cole. Yeah. So is that maybe the most uh, exciting potential round two matchup? It might be. But we've got some good round two matchups, though. Well, There's you know, a couple both of our 715 matchups are awesome Eli versus Kyle and Steve versus, du or Steve versus Brett. Yeah. Those are both awesome matchups yeah. for 7-15. Normally, yeah. you know, in the NCAA tournament, although I guess the last couple times the 15 seed has made the season or <laughs> in the NCAA tournament, the Sweet 16. Um, That's true. But normally when that happens, if you're the, the like 7 seed, you're like, oh, great, the bracket opened up for us. You don't feel that way about these Not guys. Not the case, no. But yeah, man, Steve, uh, he's dangerous. 
Yeah. He's dangerous. He I can go far that. in this tournament for sure. I'm rooting for Steve. You're rooting for somebody? Is that allowed? I thought, wait, I thought you said I could do that. I'm just joking. You can root for whoever you oh, want. Okay. I can't. I have to be unbiased part I'm of root, you. I'm rooting for Steve. All right, he is uh, Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That'll do it for today's matchups of RCST Trivia. Once again, brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Home Field Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. The uh, schedule for the rest of the week as far as trivia goes, we are going to have uh, two matchups coming up on both Thursday and Friday. Tomorrow's Wednesday, though. We'll have three matchups on slate for that, but that means we only have seven matchups left in the first round, so it's really starting to whittle down into uh, the full second round. Then we're going to have prizes on the line yep. to go to the Sizzling 16. So. Yep, we'll have those As prizes. If the pressure couldn't get any high. No, that's when the, the, the real pressure picks up, that's for sure. All right, he's Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.